Hey everyone, I'm Josh Loftus, and this is the Everyday Monday podcast, the podcast where we talk about everyday people doing everyday things in everyday churches. Whether you're a pastor, a plumber, or that person that tells the restaurant staff that it's someone's birthday when it really isn't, you're so funny. This podcast is for you. This is where we find value in the trenches of Christian life. Welcome to Every Day a Monday. And with me in the trenches today, I have a very special guest. Uh, we met literally about three minutes ago. So uh, our friendship is new, and it's going to be new to you viewers as well. I have Caroline, is it Bose? Is that how you say it? Or, or, or Bows? It's Bose. Yep, that's correct. Caroline Bose. <laughs> All right, I have Caroline Bose with me today. Caroline, thank you so much for being a guest with me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you for asking me. I really appreciate it. This is very exciting. Cool, cool. Well, Caroline, uh, Caroline, I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> I, I even, okay, guys, so I even asked her before the podcast. I said, is it Caroline or is it Caroline? And she goes, it's Caroline, but so many people call me Caroline. I'm like, oh, no, okay, all right, yeah, all right. I'll call you Caroline, and I just called her Caroline, so it's going to be <laughs> it's gonna be a fun adventure. But, hey, um, Caroline, before we get going here, give us just kind of a short bio of who you are, what you do uh, for a living. Just, just kind of tell us a little bit about you before we hop into our topics. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I'm not married. I'm single, uh, 22 years old. I live with my family and parents still. I come from a family of 11 children. So three of them are married. And then we have, uh, I think, seven kids still at home. Um, we've adopted four children, a sibling set of two kids. We adopted them as infants. And then um, a sibling set again a couple years later. Uh, they were four and two years old when we took them in. So we've got a very full, boisterous, amazing family. Um, I love it. So I have been very passionate about pro-life work, um, partly because of my story. Um, I'm actually a quadruplet. So my parents had my older sister, Lydia. Uh, she's 16 months older than us. And they had fertility issues for a while. Um, after they got married. So they got on some medication, conceived her, and then right after having her, they're like, you know, it took us six years to get Lydia. Let's start again on medication and hopefully we'll have another kid in six years. So they got on medication. Within like two months, they got pregnant again. And this time it was with quadruplets. Uh, so it was a huge shock to them. Wow. Um, yeah, they, but they were, you know, were feeling really blessed. They thought, you know, this is God making up for lost time. You know, it took us so long to get Lydia and now we've got an instant family. So they were super excited. Um, but as they were walking out of that ultrasound um, appointment, when they found out they had quads, the technician handed them a business card to the local abortion clinic. And she just flippantly said, oh, don't worry, he'll take care of it. And my parents were like, what are you talking about? And... The doctor was in the room and the doctor's like, um, it's just far too dangerous to carry quads full term. Uh, we suggest that you eliminate two pregnancies to give two pregnancies a better chance at life. Oh, man. Um, and my parents were like shocked here. They had just seen, you know, those four beating hearts on the screen. They were super excited. And to be told that they need to eliminate two of those beating hearts was just it was, you know, a bigger shock to them than seeing that they had quads. So um, thankfully, they continued forward. They trusted God. It's to make a very, very long story short. Um, we were born at 32 weeks, all of us alive and well. I have two sisters and a brother, same ages, 
me, obviously. Um, so yeah, we're all we're all doing great. And actually, two of the quads are married, and my brother's going to be married in September. So, um, so that kind of shaped my pro life convictions and passion. I, you know, abortion came so close to taking my mm-hmm. life or the two lives of my siblings. So, um, I felt called to go into pro life ministry. About three years ago, right after I turned 19, I felt God calling me to lead a 40 Days for Life campaign and met with our local um, pregnancy care center executive director, got to know her through that, and then she offered me a job at the Crisis Pregnancy Center. So all that to say, my occupation now, I work for a a crisis pregnancy resource center. I'm the development director there. So I'm in charge of all of the donor development, fundraising, communications, kind of behind the scenes stuff. So I love it. It's it's really a blessing and I'm grateful to work in a a place that I feel very passionate about. So so that's that's me. <laughs> that is so cool. That is quite the story. That yeah. is that's amazing. Yeah. I, well th- well first off thank thank you for your work in that field. Uh, it is greatly needed. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely appreciate the people who are willing to give their uh, give their time to do that. And so my my first question then is is what what is what's the best and worst part about being a quadruplet? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Probably the best part, um, for sure, was always having siblings to play with and grow up with. Like, whenever I was bored, I always had somebody to play with. And I think it was really cool just growing up, experiencing the same life things together. Um, You know, experiencing becoming, you know, teenagers and adults and relationships and in marriage and all that. Kind of experiencing all of that at the same time was really a blessing. Um, probably one of the <laughs> the biggest challenges that we faced being quads was when we turned 16 and, well, actually it was like 15 and a half, and we started doing driver's ed. And we all had to get 50 hours of drive time. Yeah. Um, and we all wanted to drive whenever we went somewhere, so we had to share the car. That was awful. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want to share it with three <laughs> other people. <laughs> so we had to, like, come up with this schedule and write down who drove last and how many hours they drove and, you know, try to make it as even as possible. So that was kind of the hardest challenge. But overall, it's been awesome. I've loved growing up as a quad. <laughs> yeah. Well, if that if that's the hardest challenge you've got, then I think you guys are doing just fine for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think everything's okay. I think we're doing yep. just fine. Yeah. Yep. So, Caroline, um, give us just a little bit about how Christ found you. Kind of walk yeah. us through a little bit of kind of what that looked like in your life. Sure. Yeah. So I've been blessed to grow up in a very Christian, Christ-centered home all my life. Um, gone to church ever since I was an infant and, you know, heard the gospel at a young age. Um, around five years old, I started just feeling the weight of my sin and my guilt and was really starting to feel like I really need a savior. I am, I am a, you know, a terrible person and I need the Lord. Um, so my brother, actually, one of the quads, he started feeling the same way about the same time that I did. And one night I walked into his room and I saw him sitting on his bed and he's just bawling and mom and dad are sitting um, next to him and he I was hearing him pray Lord I just need you I want you as my savior and please come into my life and my mom and dad were bawling and they were you know so excited and we kind of celebrated together afterwards so I watched that and I was just really inspired and blown away by that so the next day I 
was just feeling still, you know, like, I've got so much guilt, I need a savior, and I want to become a Christian too, like my brother. And so I went on his bed, because I'm like, well, he became a Christian on his bed, so maybe this is the place to do it. So <laughs> I went and sat on his bed. It's, the, and, it's, it's holy ground. <laughs> yep, yeah. it's holy ground. Yeah, it's got to be the place. It's probably not the same if I do it on my bed. So yeah. I, I went and sat on his bed, and yeah, and, you know, of course, as soon as I did that, just that huge weight of guilt was lifted, and so much joy, and so God's good. God is good. Amen. Yep. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. So transitioning a little bit into church, kind of the yes. main, the main uh, reason and function of the podcast here is to encourage and facilitate service in the local church. Right. So mm -hmm. the, the, the first question is um, one, where do you go to church? And then two, what is it about your church? What is one aspect of your church that you really, really appreciate and value? Yes, yeah, so I go to church at Shoestring Valley Community Church. It's a small community church about 30 minutes from where I live. Um, there's about 150 members. And the thing that I love the most about it, I'd say, is that our pastor does expository teaching. So he goes through, um, you know, a mm. book of the Bible at a time, and he'll take, you know, a few verses to a chapter at a time and just teach through the Bible and he just cram packs his sermons with truth and you yeah. know, cross references and in scripture. So I feel like I always grow really well from that. So Yeah, yeah. And that's that's so important too, especially mm -hmm. in a culture today where so much of the churches are leaning more toward a seeker friendly model Absolutely. or trying to trying to change how they do things in order mm -hmm. to uh, in order to cater to a certain exactly. group or a certain mindset. Exactly. And it's not it's not at all that we want our churches to be boring. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that's not where we're going for. But there has to be some sort of standard yeah, there. Right. Absolutely. And when I hear churches are committed to expository mm -hmm. preaching and then making that the main focus yeah. uh that's always so encouraging because i know that the focus is correct absolutely right that's such a good point because i think you know with our seeker friendly churches they tend to speak on topics you know topical teaching and they can kind of skirt around the controversial sure. areas and the more difficult areas so expository teaching mm -hmm. covers it all and you know sometimes sermons are hard that's to right. hear but it's good we need that yeah, oh, we do need it every Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure, for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is that's excellent. So uh, let's see. So Caroline, what what are some of the primary ways that you are involved in your local church? How are you? How are you plugged into the local body there? Yeah, so I've been attending there fourteen years. Um, I started serving on the worship team right after I turned 13. So my family's pretty musical. I have a sister that plays guitar, a sister that plays violin, a sister that plays right. cello. My dad leads and sings and I play piano. So we started doing that when we were 13 and I really did not want to. I was so nervous and felt like I was so not equipped to do it. And honestly, we probably sounded terrible when we started. <laughs> but um, there were That's so many okay. people in our church that they were, <laughs> yeah, they were so encouraging. And they're like, it doesn't matter what you sound like. We're here to worship the Lord. And as long as you, you know, can play the song and and help us worship, that's why we're here. And that's why you're here. So they were super encouraging. And thankfully, we've grown. And I think we sound a little bit better now. So, yeah. so I do that. Um, and then I also do greeting once a month. We have you know, different teams of greeters that greet people as they come in the door. And then I also serve in the nursery just on the fifth Sundays of um, the year. So just like five times a year. So, okay. 
Yeah, I love helping out where I can. Yeah, and that that's great. Um, all right, so how, how would you say, when you think about your church there, and it's called uh, Shoestring Community Church, right? Yeah, Shoestring Valley. Almost got Shoestring it. Shoestring Valley, Valley Community Church. Because okay. we're... we're we're nestled in the shoestring valley. So We're in the some shoestring people are like, valley. shoestring? Why did you name it? Like, is your budget like a shoestring? <laughs> shoestring budget? Why did you name it? Everything, everything so. is a shoestring. Yeah, okay. Got it. Shoestring valley. All right. <laughs> yeah. Makes more sense. Makes more sense. I, I was yeah. honestly thinking the same thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that question was coming, but that's okay. Um, um, Don't so, worry. You're not the only one. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so, hey, so when you think about how your church facilitates service and encourages involvement uh, from its members, right? Right. What What are some of the? I don't know if yeah. it's, if it's yeah. messages from the leadership or just kind of the culture of the church and how how mm-hmm. they want people to get involved. What does that look mm-hmm. like in your church? Yeah, I'd say our church culture, just as it is, we're very servant-minded um and our pastor has always really encouraged us to serve others especially in the church but also outside the church as well he's you know really encouraged us to reach out to our neighbors and serve them as much as possible and um as far as like inside the church we have a lot of different needs of course like every church has you know with kitchen and serving and greeting and um uh, teaching Bible studies and doing the nursery and such. And my pastor's always encouraged everybody, like, if you are not plugged into one area of service in the church, you know, figure out, you know, pray about it. What is, you know, the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God's given you and plug yourself in somewhere, some way. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times we'll have, like, we have different leaders for each area of service. So, like, for instance, the nursery team leader recently, she went up and gave a little announcement, and she said, you know, here are the slots that we need help, and I'd love to have this filled, and she'll pass around a a sign-up sheet in the service, and people will sign up for it. So um, I'd say overall, our church, we do a good job of, you know, really encouraging people to serve. And another thing that I really like that my pastor does, too, um, he just kicked off a new members class, so he encourages people to become members. And then yes. in that class, he talks about how important being committed to your church and and yes. serving your church is. And he says, you know, if you're going to become a member, you got to serve somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so plug yourself in. This is this is a part of being a member. So yeah, kind of opening this up a little bit mm-hmm. because um, and I really enjoy that your pastor. I'm really thankful that he encourages service. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you know, as I know, we are we are fallen. We don't always have the correct motives and attitude towards service. Right. Yeah. Um, whether that's in church or whether that's in work, right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You're, you're, you're in, you're in a work environment, uh, especially in, you know, working in pro-life services yeah. where there are days where it can be great and amazing. Yeah. And there are some days where it can just be so discouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And you really have to be focused on, your motives and your thinking as to why am I doing this? Absolutely. What is the purpose behind me serving? Yeah. Right. What What are the reasons I'm doing this? Yeah. So when you think about good and bad motives for service and working, whether in church or working the nine to five, right, mm-hmm. as a plumber or an mm-hmm. electrician, whatever mm-hmm. it is, what do you think are good and bad motives? Yeah. For serving yeah. the Lord in through service. Yeah, that's it's a really good question. Actually, I was just having a conversation with my coworker about this yesterday, and we were just talking about, like you said, how work can become at times so menial and so mundane, mundane, and we kind of 
get disconnected from what the purpose and the meaning is in, in our work. Um, and as far as like motives, yeah. I think for me, something that I've noticed as far as like a bad motive, especially in the workplace that I am at, where I'm kind of on stage a lot and I talk to people a lot and I'm communicating, I can have pride. That's a, that's a big struggle. And I think um, something that I have to deal with is ego. Yeah. Like here I am doing this great thing and, um, you know, serving the Lord right. and I'm up on stage and people know what I'm doing. And so I have to struggle, you know, and fight that pride and that ego. And then sometimes I can get disillusioned. Like, you know, my work, I can almost look at it as like, it's, it's about me, but it's not, it's all about the Lord and serving the Lord and serving our community and, Really, I'm just a tiny little speck right. in all of creation. And just the fact that God's put me in that place to work um, and the fact that he wants to use me as a privilege and a blessing. And and ultimately, God is the one that's going to be leading and providing and, and you know, making this crisis pregnancy center work and stay working. So it's really not about me. Yeah. Um, it's just a blessing that I get to serve there. So as far yeah. as like a bad motive, I think pride is a, is a big thing that I struggle with. As far as good motives, um, I think just wanting to use our workplace as a platform to, to glorify the Lord and to share uh, about him is a good motive to have. I think no matter what you do, you know, if you're listening on this podcast, whatever it is that you do, if you're like Josh has said, like a plumber or an electrician or perhaps, you know, mm -hmm. a stay at home mom, our work, if we have a biblical perspective, no matter where we work, no matter what we do, we can bring God glory and we can serve him and we can make a difference in other people's lives. So, you know, ultimately our motive should be of of service, you know, just like Jesus, he came to serve, not to be served and to give his life as a ransom for many. Right. So our motive should be to be just right. like Christ. We should serve no matter where we're at. And we can have so much joy in that. Yeah, I completely agree. I could not have said it any better than that. Uh, we could just wrap we could wrap this podcast up with a bow right now. And be done. But uh, yeah, no, exactly. And, and what, what you said at the end, what you said at the end is actually that is the key yeah. is if we in our service yeah if we are looking at christ as our example if we're looking at how he lived his life how he interacted with people around him absolutely and how he conducted himself yeah humility through service through selfless actions right and it's it's those christians caroline like when i when i think about christians that mm -hmm. uh that i admire mm -hmm. uh, both ones that i've read or listened to or that mm -hmm. are honestly in my life right now right yeah i think about those christians and i think about the traits that they possess that inspire me to yeah. want to follow christ more yeah. right i think of the humility that they have yeah. the the willingness that they have to not be seen Absolutely. and to not be heard but to serve quietly behind the scenes yeah. because they love people yeah. right i think about the the joy that they that they have in doing what many and honestly myself in so many occasions would consider to be pretty mundane Absolutely. tasks yeah. right and just have like how yeah. how can you have such joy know, in them right i, I think amazing. about those christians that 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 inspire me to do that yeah. um who are those christians for you yeah who who are the christians for you that inspire you to want to follow christ yeah. more than you do now yeah. and what are the traits that they possess that really inspire you to do that yeah absolutely there's 
there's one woman especially that comes to mind when I think about a Christian that I want to live my life like. Um, and this sweet lady, she her name is Becky Jacobson. She's been a member of our church for as long as I can remember. She's probably in her 50s. And um, she has those same, you know, character quality traits that you mentioned, where she loves to serve behind the scenes, doing the mundane things that I probably wouldn't want to do. And she doesn't want any recognition for it. Like there have been times where I've heard, you know, Becky Jacobson, she like, for instance, one of my neighbors said recently, yeah, she just took, you know, my neighbor and she took her to the hospital because she had a doctor appointment and she couldn't drive. And that was such a blessing. And so I'll, I'll go up to Becky yeah. at church and I'm like, hey, Becky, I just heard you did this. And that's so kind of you. And she'll be like, oh, thank you. And then she'll say something sweet to me like, oh, I love your hair. Or, oh, how are you doing? Or what's going on in your week? Like she completely turns it around to talk about you. And she's so others focused. Like she doesn't care if I ask her about her life or what she's doing. And she doesn't want people to know what she's doing because probably everything right. she does in her life is serving. Like sometimes I'll walk into church and she's making a batch of cookies in the church kitchen for somebody that had a rough week or something. Um, she has a couple different leadership yeah. roles in our church. Um, she's constantly helping out her neighbors, serving people in the church that need rides to doctors or to get groceries. She does so much. Um, so she just inspires me. I guess yeah. that, that those traits of constantly looking for ways to serve others, even outside of the church, but especially in the church, and then um, serving with humility and not wanting recognition because... You know, she truly recognizes that her right. her reward is in heaven, and she doesn't want that reward to be taken by the praise of men. I don't know what that, I can't remember that verse, but it talks about, you know, if you do your works to be seen by men, that is your reward. But do your works, you know, where no one right. sees and your right. reward in heaven. So that's what she's going for, and I love it. I want to live like that. So it's such a blessing. Oh, it sure is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out. Uh, what's her name again? Becky Jacobson. Becky Jacobson. Yep. All right. Well, shout out to Becky Jacobson. You'll have to center the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, well done, ma'am. You are. Yes. An to us. Yes. Thank you for uh, thank you for showing Christ to your congregation. Yes. Uh, that is I whenever I whenever I hear that, like this is honestly one of my this is one of my favorite questions, because mm -hmm. I really enjoy hearing the stories about how other people have yeah. influenced my guests and how they've my guess and it always there there is a trend mm -hmm. that ev that all of them have and it really is humility it's selflessness yeah. it's selflessness absolutely and it's just a desire to show absolutely. christ and, uh, it doesn't have to be in a position or with a title or anything if we have that mentality i just imagine how amazing our churches would be if we all did one act of service every sunday for our community in our church that'd be amazing yeah, it would. It would. Right. And and that that is the perfect scenario. And I think that that can that can that is something that we can be working toward. Yeah. Right. As yeah. people are looking to Christ as their example and realizing that community in church and serving in church, that honestly is one of the most important things that we as Christians can be doing. Yeah. And with those experiences mm -hmm. um, come some pretty funny moments, <laughs> yeah. or pretty unforgettable uh, experiences, right? Uh, if anybody who's been in church uh, for any amount of time knows that it can be a very awkward place sometimes. Oh my goodness. Um, and that's fine. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. We work through the awkwardness. Um, oh, so what's one of the funniest or most unforgettable experiences you have ever had? Oh my goodness. Yeah. 
I can think of a couple. I've got two that are probably the most unforgettable. I don't know. Can I share two? You sure can. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so the first one I would share is uh, we were leading worship as a family, and we'd probably only been doing it for about a year. So we weren't super practiced and, you know, weren't the greatest sounding. Sure. Um, and we started playing this new song. It's Take My Life and It's a New Arrangement by Chris Tomlin. And there's a bridge in the middle of this song that we kind of go high. It's like, take my life. So you go kind of high and we're not used to doing that. So, but we thought, okay, we're going to give it a try. We'll see if we can do this. So we start playing the song. It's all going great, wonderful, amazing. And we get to the bridge and we just came to this complete train wreck. It was like the most distracting, annoying, terrible, horrible train train wreck. And we all stopped and everybody's just kind of awkwardly standing there. And thankfully my dad, he has a sense of humor and he's like, well, we made it to the bridge, but we fell off of it. Yeah. And everybody just started laughing hysterically. And, and somebody's like, well, what do you do when you fall off a bridge? You get back on it. So we tried again. We got back on the bridge and we kept on going and it was great. So that was that was a hilarious moment. Um, and then the other story that I have is when I was greeting one morning, uh, me and my sister were greeting together. And there was a man in our congregation that had diabetes really bad and he just recently had an amputation and he was getting a prosthetic leg and he'd come to church that Sunday. I didn't see him walk in, um, but I wanted to say something to him and encourage him. So I was greeting and I saw this man walk by me and he had long pants on, so I couldn't see his prosthetic. And he walks by me and he was walking great. He had a little bit of a limp. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you're walking so good. Good job. And this man, he turns and he looks at me and he kind of oh, no. has this physical look on his face. And and he kind of like says, oh, thank you. And he kept on walking and he went to the bathroom or something. And, and my sister, she looks at me and she's like, why did you just say that? And I'm like, he just had a prosthetic leg and he's walking really good. And my sister's like, no, that's, you know, Mr. Waddle. I can't remember his name. I'm like, oh, no. That's terrible. So now he thinks like, do I walk weird or something? He's probably gonna be watching himself now as he walks by windows, like out on the street, and he walks Just by like, windows. You, like, do I walk do weird? Like, why did she say I'm walking good? <laughs> like, do you always greet people at church like this? Like, is this, is this your go-to <laughs> yeah. greet? Like, yeah, hi, like, hi, judge welcome people to on how well they walk. That's right. Welcome to Shoestring Valley Church. You are walking so well today. Good job. So good. good. Job. Yeah, just a little bit of a limp. You could work on that, but yeah, you can work on that. But part. that's okay. None of us here are perfect. It's all right. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's oh, and, yeah, that's, that's one of those awkward experiences. That's uh, yeah, those. Oh man, I live for those. Those yep. are fantastic. Oh man, that's yep. funny. Yeah, that was great. My uh, my family will never let me live that down. They always bring that no. story back up. So and, they, and as they should, it's a good story. It's a good story. All right. Well, Caroline, we have um, almost come to the end of the podcast, but not yet. Now's uh, it's the Monday hot takes, and mm-hmm. this is where I ask you a bunch of random okay. questions, and you give me the first thing that pops into your head. You ready for these? Oh boy, fun! All right, we'll start with an easy one here. Uh, give me your favorite band or favorite uh, musical artist. Sidewalk Prophets, a Christian artist. I love. Oh them. my goodness, you're going old school. Okay, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Uh, coffee or tea? Uh, coffee for sure. All right. How do you like your coffee? (laughs) 
Oh boy. I like it where it doesn't actually taste like coffee. Oh, <laughs> it has so to be like, like very sugar. sweet and yeah. lots you of like, cream, lots of you sugar, like lots of cream. Shakes. Yeah. I actually, yeah, they're sort of like milkshakes. But actually, what I usually get is a, a spiced chai tea latte. So it's actually half coffee, half chai tea, and it's super like sweet and flavorful and creamy, and that's my favorite. Oh boy. Okay, that's fine. If you could close one fast food chain, which one would it be? McDonald's. Yeah. Really? McDonald's. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. All right. All right, Caroline. What is something that you have tried that you will never ever try again? Uh, what's that sauce? Like horseradish sauce? Oh my goodness! I tried this oh. at a Chinese restaurant. It's it's this white sauce that comes with like a, a little bit of sweet and sour sauce and sesame seeds just yep. to like dip your Chinese food into it. Right. Oh, oh my goodness. I tried just the tiniest little bit of that sauce yeah. and it seriously, it tastes like a permanent marker that is extremely <laughs> hot. I like burned my tongue and it felt like I was eating a permanent marker. Terrible. <laughs> so I have so, <laughs> so many gross. questions. One, that is the greatest description I've ever heard. It's, <laughs> Tasted like a permanent marker that was really hot. <laughs> Second question, my, my question is, how do you know what a permanent marker tastes like, Caroline? Um, I have no idea, actually. I just like okay, the okay. way it smells, I'm sure. Sure, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm pro- I've probably smells- tasted permanent marker as a kid, I'm sure. <laughs> it, it tasted like a hot permanent marker. <laughs> I promise marker. you, I do not eat That's permanent amazing. markers. That is I love not that. my go-to okay. snack. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. All right. Good to know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not not joking, but uh, you might want to stop if it is. Um, okay. Let's see. All right. All right, Caroline. Um, in what situation or place would you find yourself most out of place in? Most out of place. Okay. That'd be a church youth group. There we go. Really? Okay. So I grew up like learning how to talk to adults and like older people, like people in their 80s and 90s. Um, and those are my friends because we don't we didn't really have like a youth group at our church and there weren't a ton of young people so whenever I'm around young people I like don't even know how to talk to them because I know how to talk to adult people and carry on normal conversations but I guess young people they kind of intimidate me with their just they're fun and they're silly and they have a blast and I don't know how to do that I'm like give me a give me a deep conversation I don't know how to be a a goofball (laughs) So I would feel like a fish out of water. You realize you are a young person, right? You're only 22. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. It's terrible. That's right. That's okay. (sighs) I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Very cool. Okay. All right. What is one food that you wish was a health food? So you can just eat it all the time. Oh, boy. Ice cream. Ice cream. I wish I could eat ice cream all the time. I love it. What's your go-to ice cream flavor? Chocolate chip cookie dough. That's the best. Boy, I might have to agree with you on that one. Cookie doughs. Oh, that's that's usually what I go Uh for as well. That's good stuff. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Um, Okay. What's your least favorite food? Least favorite food? Sushi. That'd be my least favorite. That's probably a, a common answer, but I've tried it once and I will never try it again. Uh, hey, uh, so what's one country you would most like to visit? Oh, Africa. I oh, would wow. so okay. love to visit Africa. I love the people, love the culture, love everything. I love the animals. Very um, cool. Very I just cool. think it'd be so cool to visit there. So uh, let's see. Uh, what's what's the worst part about being on a podcast? Um, having a guy ask you questions that you don't know how to answer—that's <laughs> the worst part. <laughs> Strangely enough, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. 
What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Oh boy. Um, I really like the movie called Master and Commander. Have you heard of it? Yes, with Russell Crowe. Oh, so yes. good. Yep, I agree. I love that movie. The music is the best in it. The violin and cello music. I seriously would just watch the movie just to listen to the music. I love that. But I also, I really like the cellist, the doctor. I love his his personality and perspective on life. And Russell yes. Crowe, of course, is awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, honestly, the, the guy that plays the doctor is Paul Bentney, and he is one of my favorite actors. Oh, what are some yep. other movies that he plays in? Do you know? So, did you ever? Yeah, did you, did you ever see the movie um, um, Inkheart? Oh, I don't think so I did. No. He plays a character called Dustfinger. Um, you should see. Okay. You should. You should watch Inkheart. That's a good movie. And he's also played. He's in the Avengers movies. He plays Vision. I didn't realize it was that actor. That's cool. Now I'll yeah. watch it again. Yep. And I'll. I'll know who the actor is. That's cool. Let's see here. Last question. Okay. What's your go-to karaoke song? Go-to karaoke song. Um, I honestly have only sang karaoke like once, and the song that we did was, uh, what was that song? Um, it's like a love song. Call me maybe. I think was what it's called. Call, call me maybe. I don't even know how it goes, and I don't know that song because I'm a, I'm a conservative, like sheltered homeschool Christian girl. So I'm like, I was like doing watermelon, watermelon, watermelon the whole time. I hate that tune so much because it, it's it's an earworm. It gets in your head and you're like, oh, you can't get it. no, <laughs> yeah. change the channel, turn the radio no, off, something. It's stuck in your head. It's so bad. <sighs> Caroline, we have come to the end of the podcast officially. I greatly appreciate you being on with me. Thank you so much for, for coming on as a guest. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Josh. I really appreciate it. This has been really fun and I appreciate your wisdom and your insight and encouraging people to serve the Lord wherever they're at. So keep up the good work. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Well, everyone, you guys know what to do. You can head on over to iTunes and give this uh, podcast a raving review and a five-star ratings. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Music, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. You can head on over to Facebook.com slash Everyday Monday Podcast, Instagram at Everyday Monday Pod. And thank you all for joining us in the trenches today. And we will catch you on the next step of Everyday a Monday. <laughs>